0: I'm taming my inner critic. You're not welcome here anymore. I'm taming taming my inner critic. critic. Allow me to kick you out the door.
1: Hi, I'm Judy Ray,
0: and welcome to Wild Woman Wisdom. Well, how's your inner critic behaving these days? I I, I hate to admit it, but mine has been running a little rampant lately. I I think maybe it's given... How much is changing in the world on a daily basis uh, that can cause stress and in in many areas of our lives? So, uh, believe me, my inner critic, Isabel, likes to take advantage and is more than happy to get in my head. So, my antidote is to just dive deeper into the parts of my life I have a little control over and to just trust. And one of those things is the people I choose to interview. And today I have a very special guest. She's a wild woman. Uh, Susan Shapiro is an award-winning writer and professor. She freelances for a few not-so-small publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal, the LA Times, New York Magazine, Salon, Elle, Oprah, Wired, and the New Yorker Online, just to name a few. She's the best-selling author or co-author of 17 books, both fiction and nonfiction, and she uses her writing publishing guides, the Book Bible and the Byline Bible, to teach her wildly popular Instant Gratification Takes Too Long courses at the new school, NYU Columbia University, and she also has private classes and seminars. Sue, welcome to Wild Woman Wisdom.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for
0: being here. Well, you know, the first question I like to ask everyone is, how would you define being a wild woman? You know, what does that mean to you?
1: To me, I think it means being independent, uh, being able to make my own decisions and create my own life, and not be constricted by society or family or uh, stereotypes. You know, just sort of uh, forging my own path.
0: I love that. I think that uh, that certainly would be something I would also say about being a wild woman. Well, let's talk for a minute about your creative process. You know, in case some of my listeners aren't writers or are wanting to learn new ways to tap into their creativity, and I'm imagining some of the tools that you use would apply to almost, well, let's just say to many creative endeavors.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say that um, the best way to start off is journaling. Uh, There's a great line by Joan Didion, which is, I write entirely to find out what I'm thinking.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I love and, and that. <laughs> I, you
1: know, I was in addiction therapy where I quit uh, alcohol, drugs, and cigarettes about 20 years ago, and that was a really important psychological tool and a tool for all kinds of healing. You know, which is that uh, if you're a really good method of self-soothing, also. So, if you're upset or you have confusing emotions, you don't know what's going on. Get a notebook and. Write, write what you're feeling, write what you're thinking, write lists, what do you want to do? What can't you do? Sometimes if I'm in a bad mood, I write a list of everything bad that happened, you know, that put me (laughs) in a bad mood. And um, yeah, I have tons of spiral notebooks. So I think that that's a really, really good start. And then I think sometimes I just start writing and all of a sudden it's poetry or it's 20 pages or it's leading leading me somewhere that I didn't expect. So I think that uh, journaling is a really good way to uh, harness creativity. I, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: I think that, you know, I, I one of the things that, that I practice are the morning pages. And it's right. just kind of what you're saying, you know, you just sort of a brain dump in, in a way.
1: I'm a, a night owl, so I like to do it late at night. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. You know,
0: I uh, I was recently in New York and uh, we were trying to get together and you are so busy and you were so kind to offer me, you know, I'll, I'll meet you at 11 p.m. But I'm I'm not as much of a night owl as I used to be. Oh, so, so what
1: happens I'm on a really tight book deadline and then I'm teaching classes. So
0: yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. It's,
1: uh, By the way, if somebody's doing a creative project, I personally find Um, And and it was there was a lot of therapy to figure this out. But so I wake up in the morning and I do my own most important project first. And what happens is if you put other people first or, you know, people are in town, let's have breakfast, let's do this. um, Answer the doorbell, uh, you know, caretaking. If you do anything else first, I find, um, you know, you lose your best energy. So the way that my therapist actually taught me to rearrange my life is to wake up and do my own most important thing. Right in the morning, the first thing I can. And then there's actually a hierarchy because if I have, you know, say I'm doing a book that I love that is the most exciting thing, I'll do that first. And then maybe I have to teach or grade papers or do other kinds of um, work to make money. And then maybe I have to do paperwork or taxes or something like that. So I actually have a hierarchy of, you know, the way that I organize everything. And then later in the day or in the evening, then sometimes I'm able to. Relax and read the newspapers or watch television or, um, you know, hang out with friends and colleagues and I started doing this thing from when I taught at NYU in the new school, which is, I do walking, talking office hours, and I love to take a walk right around the local park at night. And I find that very liberating. And, you know, I'm sitting at a computer all day. So that just became a really fun schedule for me. And luckily, a lot of the kids that uh, take my classes are night owls. So (laughs) Uh,
0: That's great advice. I think that all of us could stand to do a little bit more of that. It's very, very disciplined. And I I believe, you know, in, in our conversations before, you mentioned that that was learned discipline.
1: Discipline. I mean, I'm very lucky because you know, I don't have kids and I'm not a caretaker and my husband's also a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, when I teach, I've been teaching so long that I can plan, I can do my own schedule. But I will say that probably the biggest thing that changed my life in terms of the addiction therapy and launching books, which happened around the same time, was um, waking up in the morning and taking control. The first thing that I do is my own work. And it was sort of shocking to me how many other people's stuff I used to let get in my head and get in my way and get in my work so that by the time I would sit down to write, uh, the energy was gone and it it had dissipated or I had given it away. So yes, it really did. You know, it was really interesting. I rescheduled my whole existence so that, um, you know, and warn people, you know, that I'm not answering the door and I'm not answering emails and I can't help you with this now and go away. And I don't want to hear about your dreams. And, you know, and yeah, so it it took a lot of discipline. But what was interesting was. In a very, very short time, it changed everything. Just like that one change of, you know, writing and doing my own, the project that I cared about most right early in the morning, that made such an incredible difference. I was in addiction therapy and the therapist told me to do it. And he said to me, if you, I had tried for seven years to publish a book with no luck. I was already 41. And I didn't, I I had a reason to trust him, but I was very, very uh, skeptical but, so I tried it his way. He'd see him once a week, do everything he says for a year. After one year, he promised me I'd sell my book. After nine months, I sold my first book to Random House. After a year, I had sold three books and felt like I found God. My salary went <laughs> from thirty thousand to three hundred thousand. And I just completely got it. Like I just I just understood exactly what he meant. And it was, you know, so it was it was very enlightening to realize that uh, I was unconsciously, um, shooting myself in the foot, you know, because I was waking up and trying to take care of other people instead of myself first.
0: Um, I think there's probably a lot, of, a lot of you out there that are relating to this because I know I certainly am. And, and I think that also that might be something that's more common with women. Do you think so, Sue?
1: I do, I do. And I actually have quite a few students who have husbands or kids or caretakers. And even in that case, there's ways that you can rearrange things, whether it's waking up an hour early or hiring help or switching your plan with your husband or your caretaker or the babysitter. There's a lot of ways you could rearrange it because people think that there's no choice and I'm just stuck in this pattern, but you're really not, you know, and I've helped a lot of people change schedules so that when you wake up, the first thing you do is work on your own. Even by the way, even if it's a half hour, in fact, there's a famous poet named Marie Ponset who had seven children and many books of poetry. And when people asked her how she does it, wake up in the morning. And she said, even if it's 10 minutes and 10 in a 10 minute increment, that 10 minutes is mine. Mm. And interestingly, she used to do it while breastfeeding too. She used to write.
0: (laughs) That is interesting. Uh, I mean, I could imagine maybe uh, doing that into a a microphone, but breastfeeding and writing at the same time, that's, that's definitely multitasking. So, you know, let's talk for let's talk about the classes that you're teaching now. Um, I love the title, you know, instant gratification takes too long. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I stole that from Carrie Fisher in her book, Postcards from the Edge she had a funny line that said the problem with instant gratification is it takes too long.
0: Uh huh. And,
1: and I related to that because I have a very impulsive personality, very impatient, um, especially it's an addict thing. So, um, basically, I mean, it took me so many years to figure out how to get published and I just, I just feel like, uh, you know, it was ridiculous waiting so long and I wish I knew all that information that I have now earlier. So, um, when I teach my classes, which are now online, I have a essay class where I bring in, uh, great editors from newspapers and magazines. And I have one where I bring in book editors and and literary agents. And I just use some of the techniques that have helped me, which is, uh, my shrink had a great line, which is hang out with people you want to be, you know, so I would get the brilliant people to ask Q and A's, and they're just very focused. And, uh, and, and I wouldn't say I'm in a hurry, but I would say that there's no reason to wait, and that I postponed my own uh, career fulfillment for so long. My first book came out when I was 43. So my feeling is after after working full time for 23 years. So my feeling is that I wish I hadn't waited so long. And maybe I'm still making up for lost time and helping people, uh, you know, get get to their goals faster. Oh,
0: I believe you are. I, you know, I happen to be in a writing group, which is how I met you, where you were a guest in that group. And I learned so much from you. So any of you out there, that are writing, you definitely want to check in with Sue and what she's doing, because really helpful. And like you said, uh, it took you years to discover that. And you're sharing that with people now. And and from what I understand, so many of your students have already been published. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they get published right away. A lot of the first clips of the New York Times or Wall Street Journal or Washington Post or New York or New York Magazine. And also, I think it's over 200 books students have sold in the last decade. So that's very exciting. And by the way, if anyone's interested, if you go to my website, you could just scroll down the classes events page and watch all these panels I've done for free. And they tend to be uh, panels with my favorite editors and agents. Um, And you could just, uh, you know, uh, some of them are on Zoom, some in person, some are audio, but you could just listen and get a sense of some of the advice that I wind up repeating because it's been so helpful.
0: That's very generous of you. I've done that and I think it's definitely worthwhile so anybody out there that and you know and so many people I hear you know I I feel like almost everybody has a book in them or they they have something that they want to say and Yeah
1: I think that um for for my book uh book bible I think I there was a study that I think said 81% of people said they had a book in them. I believe it because it's you know be we done. all have
0: <laughs> we all have stories you know and yeah. some of them more interesting than others but but I you know uh, I think that's that's a really uh, interesting point to make. And even if you never publish a book, sometimes people are these days are just writing memoirs so that they have something to leave for um, their family.
1: Right. And a lot of people, like in in my uh, most recent writing guide, which is called uh, The Book Bible, How to Sell Your Manuscript No Matter What Genre Without Going Broke or Insane, one of the things I break down is all the different categories there are, because some people don't realize that. Okay, publishing, Um, you know, the great American novel or a poetry collection that can be very difficult and long term. But there's all kinds of other genres where it really doesn't take that long, especially if you have a good story, or if you have the expertise, or if you know how to get to an expert that could help you, you know, so I've had students that have gotten book deals within a month. And I personally have finished entire books within six months. So it depends on everything. But I do think that Getting a good overview of the genres and what's required of each of them, I think, is, is a great way to start if somebody does have a book project in them.
0: Absolutely, I I have your books and I um, I really value them. I think that they are just loaded with gems of information. So
1: I think is that I had so many years of stupid mistakes. So <laughs> what's exciting about teaching is it's a way. I always say writing is a way to turn your worst experiences into the most beautiful. And in a weird way, teaching is kind of like that because everything I did wrong and all the rejections and all that, I love that it could add up to helping somebody not make those same mistakes or doing it faster and better. So that's actually been very exciting and liberating.
0: I I can imagine that it is. Well, we're almost out of time, but I want to see if there's just, uh, do you have any last thoughts that you would like to leave with our listeners?
1: Um, Well, I would say if anybody has any questions, they can email me. And because I quit all my other addictions, I'm now addicted to email. So every night (laughs) they... I do all my emails, so it's propsu one two three at gmail And uh, if anyone's in New York, I have an exciting panel with a bunch of fantastic New York Times editors on November seventh. And I'm I'm launching more online classes. I love being online because now I get to get, have students from all over the country and the world. That's exciting. That's something. That's something that that was a, a really good thing
0: that that happened because of the pandemic. I think it. You know, it exactly. Really-
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. Unseen. Uh, I was very surprised by it, but I hate to admit how much I love it because, you know, it's just, I reached people that I would never be able to meet otherwise.
0: That's so true. Well, thank you. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with all of us today. And you can all learn more about Sue Shapiro at her website, Susan Shapiro.net. And you can follow her on Twitter at Susan Shapiro net and Instagram. And as she said, just told you that her email is prof p capital P-R-O-F, capital S-U-E, one, two, three at gmail.com.
1: You got it. And I promised to answer.
0: <laughs> and she does. I can guarantee she does because she answered me. Well, that's my show for today. Please follow me on Facebook and, uh, or I guess it's now Meta, and Instagram and Twitter at wildwomanwisdom.org. And if you're in the mood to listen to more of my podcasts, You can also find them at wildwoman.org or on nowwithpurpose.com. And you can always find me on healingquest.tv. Plus, when you go there, you might also find the perfect gift idea for the holidays. I'm Judy Ray. Please try to have a stress-free week. And if you are like me and you're dealing with an inner critic, take my advice and kick them to the curb. Knowing my worth.